What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins. Over on the other side is David Lake. We are taping. It is Labor Day, but more importantly, it is game week for Miami. The Hurricanes will face UAB Thursday night uh, at Hard Rock Stadium, 8 p.m. Eastern time on ACC Network. So if you have that channel... uh, you can watch it. If not, you're going to be like me trying to scramble and find a free <laughs> YouTube TV trial. Uh, David, football's here, man. How you doing? Yeah, game week. So Monday, we're recording this Monday afternoon. Earlier this afternoon, we had a typical game week press conference with Manny Diaz talking for about 30 minutes. And then the coordinators, Rhett Lashley and Blake Baker, talking for about 15 minutes each. Um, So yeah, definitely has a game week type feel to it. Still different in that we, you know, did the interviews via Zoom instead of the typical in-person auditorium setting. But like you said, it's exciting. Game week is still here, coming two or three days away, depending on when you're listening to this. And I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. Let's kind of get into, I guess, before we talk about the depth chart, because that's the big news that came out on Monday. Miami officially released a depth chart. Um, We got a contest, I think, to talk about. Me and you have been been working on this. So I was trying to come up with an idea of a way to get the, what, through the smoke army or supporters involved um, with with the college football season. And what we have come up with, and there's been some some kinks and some unforeseen uh, obstacles to that that were in the way. Uh, but we're gonna do a pick'em challenge for the college football season. Um, it's free to sign up. And the big thing is, is we have partnered with Dime Life, the co- clothing brand. Excuse me, uh, run by DJ Williams, the former Miami Hurricane. He's gonna give the winner. Uh, $250 voucher credit to use at the Dime Life store. Um, so that's that's what we come up with. Uh, it's a free pick em. You guys can pick against DJ Williams. His picks will be in there. My picks will be in there. Your picks will be in there. David, it's going to be 10 yeah. college games a week against the spread. I'm going to, I think we're just going to go with kind of the opening lines and set them on, on Monday night. Um, but that's that's what the competition is. And Hopefully, DJ, I think he's going to join us in advance before the UAB game to talk a little bit more about Dime Life uh, in this Pick'em Challenge, but uh, that, that's, that's, that's the news. So again, you don't, don't have to pay or anything. It's, it's free to sign up. We're going to do it through uh, CBS. Uh, I'll obviously tweet out the link. We're going to post it on our message board, uh, but the easiest way to really find it is through thesmoke.football.cbssports.com. And that's where you can kind of find uh, the challenge. Now, we were also going to make it ACC only, but because it's 2020 and certain leagues are canceling, CBS is, is limiting the amount of games you can pick. Uh, we can't even pick the Miami game week one, unfortunately. Uh, but it's going to be all college football, and it, it should be a ton of fun. Definitely, yeah. I'm excited about it. Dime Life has great apparel, really cool stuff. If you're a Canes fan, obviously you probably already know about the stuff Dime Life makes. Very cool stuff. And uh, yeah, the, the contest will be fun every week. All, all I care about, honestly, is beating you every week, Andrew. So if I'm, in the, if I'm in second to last place, but you're in last place, that's a win for me. I feel good about that. Well, I, I, I took it on the chin this weekend. Let's, let's not 
let's not discuss that. <laughs> It'll be fun, you know. Uh, trying to bring some normalcy to 2020. Let's let's have fun and pick some pick some winners this year. Yeah. So again, it, it, it I think the way I have it set up, whereas let's say you missed a week, uh, you you still can get points. It, it just goes by points. So uh, you just would have to you know set your lineups at, at some point uh, on Friday and then kind of let it ride so a ton of fun again on social media you'll be able to find it i'm also going to post a, a link on the site uh and, and hopefully dj we can get him on here and i think he's got another twist he wants to throw in with the contest so i'll kind of leave cool. that uh open-ended uh let's talk football now let's talk about the actual game uh like we said depth chart came out on monday i mean who really knows much like what is a depth chart i guess <laughs> um Right. But no, no real surprises, right? I mean, David, this is kind yeah. of what what we knew. We already knew Derek King was QB one. We already knew that Don Chaney and Jalen Knighton were going to probably rotate carries behind uh, Cam Harris. We had a good idea what the offensive line was that that starting five. I think when I my first glance at it is, you know, Cam Williams number two defensive end. I, I just got to point that out, but. Uh, no, the, the starting safeties are those. Those were all oars, and that's kind of what Miami yeah. did at some point last season as well. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a rotation, and I think it's it's worth pointing out. Bubba Bolden is an oar at both safety spots. So, Gervin Hall's one safety, Amari Carter's one safety, and Bubba Bolden is the oar. So, you know, if I'm reading too much into it, again, we'll see how it how it shakes out. Uh, Thursday night, I would assume Gervin and Amari will be the starters and Bubba will rotate in. Now, I, I still think it, it could turn out where Bubba plays more snaps in the game than like Amari Carter does, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Gervin and Amari starting, Bubba rotates in, and Bubba ends up playing more snaps than Amari. So, I agree. That was interesting. I thought too is interesting that Brevin Jordan and Will Mallory are also listed as co-starters. Just just from the standpoint of you know Brevin is kind of more of a well-known guy, I guess uh, nationally. But I think it speaks to the type of camp, the type of jump Will Mallory has made this year. Um, you know, we we were kind of hearing that. Will is impressing in this new offense and this depth chart kind of lines up with that. And then, you know, we can get into the weeds a little bit here too uh, as we talk things out, but I think some of the backups are interesting just who emerged as, as backups at, at various positions. So uh, I love depth chart season. I'm always here for it. Like during camp, I kind of put out a projected depth chart uh, yeah, every you, week you, of camp and as far as starters, I pretty much nailed it. The backups, you know, those are kind of hit or miss, but the starters um, are what we expected. Yeah, I guess you could say, um, you know, just kind of looking at the depth chart, wide receiver, Jeremiah Payton not starting. I mean, it looks like the starting yeah. three or the listed starting threes, Mark Pope, D. Wiggins, Mike Harley. That was expected. Um I, you know, I, I thought I, I'm assuming Jeremiah Payton's kind of the fourth, but yeah, we were maybe hoping that he took that next step. Nikosi Perry over Tyler Van Dyke, like this was also expected, but I guess for some reason people thought that was a bit of a battle. I mean, it's hard to see if Derek King were to go down. I mean, knock on wood, 
that Tyler Van Dyke would get the the edge over Nikosi Perry, who has won games. Um, right. Gerard Harrison Hunt, he he was in the two deep. Uh, yes. I, I, I included him in my uh, when we when the preview you put out over the weekend as a guy who I think could potentially be a sort of a breakout. So that's encouraging. Uh, I'm interested to see if they go to a third linebacker. Who who who's the guy? Like, is it Sam Brooks? I, like, that's what I would assume. Correct. I think Sam Brooks. So the way I read I read it from uh, you know Blake Baker spoke today earlier today as I already said he kind of made it clear that Brooks is the third linebacker, the swing guy, right? So he's the he's the, the top backup at middle and weak side. You know, even though he's not necessarily listed as a weak side linebacker on this depth chart. I think if Zach McLeod, if something happened to him, that we would see Sam Brooks as the starting weak side linebacker. So yes, I agree. I think the third linebacker would be um, Sam Brooks. Um, what I think a- too, one other thing worth highlighting, um, and I wrote about it, but Mark Pope being the punt returner and kick returner uh, starter. So, um, you know, w- you and I both have said he's he's a guy that does have some dynamic ability uh, in terms of running and creativity with the ball in his hands. Those traits are there. Um, but when Manny Diaz was asked about having Mark Pope as a returner, he made it very clear that the thing he he wants to see most from Mark is – being a guy you can trust, being a guy that can catch the ball first. And he highlighted KJ Osborne as being that guy last year. You know, KJ just let the plays come to him. He wasn't necessarily trying to force big plays as a returner. He let the plays come to him, and he ended up being arguably the best return man in the ACC last year, averaging about 15 yards per punt. So, you know, and we saw the, the impact that a muffed punt can have in a game in last year's season opener when Jeff Thomas uh, muffed a punt inside the 20-yard line, set up an easy touchdown. That was a go-ahead touchdown for Florida going into the fourth quarter of that game. So, I mean, let me, let me stop you here. I, like, I don't – I think we've hashed this out at some point before, but go back to that Florida game. What were they doing having Jeff Thomas back there? Like, uh, over the weekend, yeah. the Minnesota Vikings named K.J. Osborne their starting kick returner and punt returner. Like, so one of, one of the NFL organizations thinks that this guy is one of the best 32 return men in the country. And Miami, you know, <laughs> was rolling with Jeff Thomas. And I get it, Jeff Thomas uh, in 2018 had that electric return at Virginia Tech. But um, yeah, we, you, you go back to when you revisit last season, it's always what mistakes did – Manny make or or when we hint at mistakes or has he progressed as a coach like that's something that I think that's what I'm talking about in terms of like the game day management type stuff um you know everything has been great this offseason but what happens under the lights there is a a risk reward element to who you play you know specifically at punt return right so like I said, there's a, there's a line you got to toe with who you put back at punt returner. You can't just go with a guy that is extremely dynamic, but can't consistently catch the ball. And 
you know, you can have a guy that can catch the ball, but you do want some sort of a threat back there as well. So, um, you know, I'll be frank, like there is some wariness, you know, as we all know, I'm a huge Mark Pope fan, but I mean, there is kind of a Jeff Thomas element to him in that you could see potentially a muff punt situation happening with a, with a Mark Pope. Um, I hope that he proves to be reliable in that role because I think it is a way to get him confidence. And so if, if, if you can build his confidence through the return game and it also translates into him being confident at receiver, then I think this move is going to be big time. Uh, but at the same time, it could have the opposite effect. Uh, you know, you could kill his confidence you know, with some muff punts or, or whatnot. And that could also impact his ability at receiver. So I'm here for it. Honestly, I, I want to see a guy like, I like the trust in Mark Pope. Like let's see what he's got because there is some dynamic ability there. I'm just curious to see how it's all going to go. Offensive line. I know we kind of touched on that or just brushed right over it. Uh, Cause we have discussed the, the starting five, but just so everyone knows that that starting five at left tackle, John Campbell, left guard, Usman Terore, center, Corey Gaynor, right guard, DJ Scaife, and then right tackle, Jared Williams, um, who is yeah. the transfer from Houston. There are some interesting names listed as the backups. Yeah. Zion Nelson is at left tackle. I'm, I'm sure if you're a Miami fan, you've seen the photos of Zion in the weight room that were posted late last yeah. week. He looks like an absolute monster. Uh, left guard is Jalen Rivers. He's, he's listed as the backup. Uh, Ja'Kai Clark's backup center. Remember, he started 12 games at guard last year. Cleveland Reed, backup right guard. And then backup right tackle is actually Chris Washington, who is a yeah. Uh, true freshman. I, I guess, who do you think the sixth lineman is? I think it's Zion. Um, and, you know, I think they, they list individual uh, backups, but I think you could, you could make the argument Zion is the top backup at left tackle and left guard. Um, I think you could make, like, Ja'Kai Clark probably the seventh offensive lineman. I think you could make the argument he is obviously the top center backup and then maybe even the top backup at right guard as well. Um, and then eighth, the eighth lineman, I'd probably go with Jalen Rivers, uh, the freshman who, you know, um, Garen Justice, the offensive line coach, has praised as being a guy that can play four offensive line spots, uh, you know, not including the center spot. So, those would kind of be the top eight, which matters because it's a physical position. It's kind of a matter of time before injuries of some sort hit that group. So you want seven or eight guys. And, you know, when you compare it to, to the group last year, it's totally different. Like it's a totally different group. You have to feel way better about the O-line this year compared to last year when Miami was going into a Florida game with a true freshman left tackle, a redshirt freshman right tackle. Ja'Kai Clark hadn't started yet. He wasn't a starter in that Florida game, but, um, you know, just a very young, inexperienced group. This year's group, you know, 
it's still an experience in some spots, you know, that left side of the line, there is still some questions to answer, but it is more experienced than it was last year. And I think age, of course, does matter on the offensive line. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how this group comes together and grows over the course of the season. Are we ready to label Kylian Herbert and <laughs> Zelante Hillary Buss? Like they're not in the two deep. I think, I think it's, yeah, time. sure. Sure. You know, I mean, yeah, bust, you know, I don't like using that term, I guess, but yeah, I mean, we've been through, they, they've been through how many different offensive line coaches and pretty much for each coach, they haven't really been able to crack the two deep. So, you know, that, that kind of just says it all right there. I, I'll admit I was kind of surprised that Chris Washington the true freshman yeah. is the is the backup right tackle. I didn't see that coming because, you know, it seemed like even dating back to the spring, the four practices that Miami did get in, they were ma- really making an effort to try and get Kylie on Herbert uh, a look as as even a starter. Uh, and he, you know, just as camp and time progressed, he kind of uh, worked his way back in the depth chart. So, um, yeah. I think it's unfortunate because I, I do think they had some talent coming out of high school, but for whatever reason, it just hasn't worked out at Miami. Um, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I got an interesting question for you regarding Jafari Harvey. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, David, so... The two deep, we knew that the starting ends for Miami would be Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche. Um, that was kind of a given. Jafari Harvey's going to be that third guy mm-hmm. for Miami. My question for you, if I said over under 18 defensive snaps for Jafari Harvey on Thursday night against UAB, what are you going to give me? Over or under? Over. <laughs> I'm going to go... I mean, I really do think that, I mean, they really want to rotate their edges, right? Like, I know where you're going with this. Like, (laughs) we're kind of, we're kind of looking back at Greg Rousseau, right? Is that what you're... Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I just... Last year against Florida, Greg Rousseau played, I think, less than 10 snaps. I think it was 10 defensive on the dot. Okay. Um, Here's the thing, though. Like, last year, Miami entered with four veteran defensive ends, if I remember right, correct? Scott, like Scott Patchen. Scott Patchen, John Garvin, Trevon Hill. 
And was there another one? Maybe it was just Greg Russo, but you know, they, they clearly like those three. I mean, this staff likes older players. That's yeah. a fair point by you. The thing is there's like Jahar, Jafari Harvey is the third guy, right? Like, do you think a defensive end is going to have, like there's going to be a third defensive end that plays more snaps than Jafari Harvey? No, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, my boy right. Cam, Cam Williams could be the guy. I, I just, well, because we were talking about Zion Nelson in the weight room. There's also the photos of yeah. Jafari Harvey, who's 245 pounds with abs. Um, Ridiculous. Yeah, so I, I just, you know, I, I want to get on, uh, give, give him some hype, but I guess I'm trying to tell everyone, don't be surprised if he doesn't get that much run just because the staff does seem to value um, – older older players yeah. especially uh, at the start of the year i think is the trend um, right right which is fair i just think i mean they do want to wrote like you also don't want to tire out your starters like you don't want roche and phillips to be out there all the time and get tired like you'd prefer to them to be fresh um and so i think i personally i would expect jafari harvey to be in that like 25 to 30 snap range Maybe maybe you disagree, but that's kind of just what I'm expecting. It, it will be an interesting storyline, I think, to kind of keep an eye on Thursday. And same theme for me, I guess. You know, you have this too deep in front of you. Uh, there's a few freshmen scattered in here, as in true freshmen. My question to you, which true freshman yeah. gets the most run on uh, Thursday? And I guess you could look at this in two ways. Like if Miami were to run up the scoreboard. I think they're going to try to get as many of these guys in the game. So maybe who actually gets significant, meaningful snaps, like which freshman do you think it's going to be? If there is one, are you talking defense, defense or offense? Doesn't matter. Well, offense, I think it's, it's the running backs, right? So those guys are definitely going to play after them though. I do think it is a fair, like, I don't know who it would be after, Don Chaney Jr. and Jalen Knighton. Um, I would probably, I'd go with one of the receivers. I have to admit, I was kind of surprised Michael Redding being listed above Keyshawn Smith uh, on the wide receiver depth chart. So I'm interested to see how he looks. Um, you know, if you count special teams, I think Xavier Restrepo is going to play a lot. Um, and to your point, especially if it's a blowout, they're going to get Xavier Restrepo a lot of, a lot of burn in the second half. So um, yeah, I, I honestly think that you're going to see more freshmen play on offense than on defense. But like you said, if, if it is a blowout, there's no reason to not play freshmen this year because you don't lose any eligibility this year. So in a blowout situation, just throw all your freshmen on the field, get them reps, uh, get them game experience because you'll probably need them at some point this season. And I think Restrepo would be a, a safe bet too, because he also is changing his Jersey number. He, yeah. What was he rocking 80? And now he's going to go. Yeah. And now he wear, will wear number seven for those unaware. Number seven uh, is an honor of his former teammate, Bryce Gowdy, who was at Deerfield beach, uh, yeah. who passed away uh, via suicide. Um, and he was set to go to Georgia Tech. I mean, I remember covering him as a recruit. So it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's like cool that nice. Miami that yeah. Miami let him do that. Uh, but 
that leads me to believe that maybe he thinks he's like actually they think you know it's he's going to get into the field or whatnot except it could get tricky on special teams because Al Blades also wears number seven and true I don't know yeah 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 I mean you know what you're getting at for people who aren't aware guys who have single digit numbers are in general the ballers of the team right so so Xavier Restrepo getting number seven indicates that the coaching staff likes him they, they think he's gonna be a good player down the road um so yeah i mean which who would be your like off the radar freshman that that you're interested in if it's a blowout you want to see what this guy look i'll tell you like they are hyping kind of brian balaam pretty heavily uh the coaches are well he, he had a i think what a, a pick in one of those scrimmages i don't know man i like i hope we see some of this uh defensive line and i know i sound like a broken record but i still think the 2019 recruiting class for miami which finished like ranked 27th like i think there's a lot of good players in that class um yeah. and it starts on the defensive line and i'm not even like talking about jafari harvey like love gerard harrison hunt you know he was yeah. in those those photos as well and like he just like i don't know how we had him as a three high three star 88 like i think if he went to i asked blake baker about him today and uh you know he kind of raped like i think he was he caught he caught himself kind of going a little extra with his praise of him but he basically said he would not be surprised if by the end of the year he was seriously challenging for a starting job so and <laughs> i just yeah. go back to his recruitment it's like how they got him like he, I mean, they were recruiting Jason Blissett, and then they're like, all right, we're in New York, so we're also just going to recruit this guy. And like, right. I think he could be a future NFL type guy. So I'm like, I want to see him. I, you know, you know, I want to see Cam Williams. I, I'm just really interested to see those guys. Uh, and I think they probably all have a good chance of actually playing. So that, those would be my answer. Um, what about you? I mean, we haven't heard like anything on Isaiah Dunson, the, the corner. They kind of showed him love today. He okay. said, uh, Blake Baker was asked, you know, which freshmen are kind of flashing. He mentioned Isaiah on his own. So you're right, though. It was kind of the first time he had been mentioned as a guy. But it is clear, in my opinion, that the top four corners are kind of set. Like, I think the the true freshmen, Marcus Clark and Isaiah Dunson, are, are kind of just below those four. Maybe as the season progresses, they can work their way into the rotation. But I think it's it's kind of a a distance between those freshmen and the top four. Uh, when you get to Hard Rock Stadium on Thursday, two hours yeah. before before the game, no tailgating, um, <laughs> nice. and, and you bust out the binoculars from your perch in the 300 level, yeah. what's like the first guy you're looking for? Like, what do you want to see? I mean, you, you've covered <laughs> this. We've seen the clips, but like, there's got to be someone you want to be like, all right, what does this guy look like? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm gonna, I'm like, I'm just gonna be looking for who's here, who's not here. So <laughs> I'm gonna be uh, writing down. I'm just gonna try and do a quick take on. Okay, this guy's here. This guy's here. This guy's here. But in terms of like body type, how do they look, etc. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of curious on. I I would say Jalen Phillips, Quincy Roche. Uh, Bubba Bolden, I think, is fair to keep an eye on because we honestly haven't seen him move around since, you know, his his injury. Um, you know, they say he's fine and, and come back fully healthy. 
I kind of want to see how Will Mallory's looking. He's added some good weight, it seems like, since last season, how he's moving with that weight. Um, and also, too, I think it's worth keeping an eye on the on kicker Jose Borregales. I asked Manny Diaz today just how how much of a boost he thinks from what he's seen of Jose uh, during camp, what kind of boost is he going to provide this year to the team? And Diaz gushed about how he thinks Jose has uh, helped the confidence of the entire team. Like when, when Jose goes out there to kick a field goal, the, the whole team believes he's going to make it because the majority of the time in camp, he did make it. So Diaz, uh, he's big on Jose Borregales. And as we know, last year with all those close games, Miami lost due to poor field goal kicking. Right. It, it might be the most underrated upgrade uh, that, that Manny made this offseason. Well, you never wrote the story where you uh, ranked all the offseason additions. So you still got like two or three days, not to tell you what to do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that might be in the, in the, in the top five. Uh, did you watch any high school football this weekend or did you keep track of it? I didn't. I watched a little, I mean, I kept track of it. I saw what uh, Malik Curtis did uh, to commit out of Bishop Verreau from what Gabby wrote. Um, what was your takeaway from that performance? Well, you know, uh, talk about Malik Curtis, I think three total touchdowns, over 200 yards of offense for Bishop Verreau and a loss but they played yeah. a pretty good Tampa Jesuit team. Like that team's got some dudes. Right. Um, I was honestly surprised. You know, he played strictly offense. They didn't work him. I mean, you know, Miami's re- Miami sees him as a corner. That's where they're recruiting him. There's there's very limited tape of him playing corner. When we right. saw him at that seven on seven, he was just at receiver. Like, and in pads, like he's very good. And I, yeah. I think I said it. I wrote it when he committed. Like I think like tra- Travis Benjamin. And it's funny, you know, he has this huge monster game and now everyone's that that's the hot comp on Twitter. It's like, yeah, we, we said this like in April or March or whatnot. No, I, you know, I think well, you, you brought this up, like are other schools going to start recruiting him? Like, is yes. his name going to get, get out there? I, I mean, he only had three other offers, uh, Georgia Southern because his coach was on staff there at one point, Boston college and Western Kentucky. Like, I think, there are some spread offense schools that are going to see that tape and uh, they're going to be like, Hey Malik, why play defense? Come play receiver for us. So it'll be interesting to see if if Miami changes its mind about where they view Malik. Right. And it probably part like going into that decision will be how good they feel about what they can add at corner. Right. Right, Like if if they do want to add Malik as receiver, you got to replace him at corner somehow, um, which is to be determined. Right. I mean, you, you saw one of the candidates this weekend, right. In Markevious Brown. Yeah. So I was at Venice high school. Um, They played IMG Academy. That game was on ESPNU. I had already made plans well before it was known that it was going to be on TV to be there. So not a waste of a trip. It's good. I got to see a a ton of different guys, but Markevious Brown was, Priority, I guess, number one for me. This is, I think, the first game he actually started for IMG. You know, he's a four-star kid. First came onto the scene as a, as a freshman at Pahokee, but last year he played behind two really good corners at IMG. I mean, IMG is absolutely loaded. It's kind of insane. It, it, I mean, they always are. Uh, but he played behind a, a Elias Ricks, who signed with LSU, and 
legend Cavajos, who went, went to Ohio State where he'll be a safety. So he didn't get much run. Um, and the first few series, he, he, he made his impact known. You know, he had a nice hit and run support, should have had a pick. Um, you know, do I think he's like a must-get stud? Probably not. But uh, I, I, I can see it. I know why Miami wants him. So uh, wrote on the site after the game that, you know, I think this is a, a Miami-Virginia Tech battle. There's some other SEC schools in there. Um, but he, he's someone that you probably will need a few years to develop. But you got to like his attitude. And I know the staff likes that he's from South Florida. So I, I think right now if we had to guess who would be the next corner, it's probably uh, Markevious. And then – Last thing, I didn't follow it super closely, but, you know, it seems like Jake Garcia had a solid start to his time at Valdosta High School, right? Put up some big stats. I think he led them on a comeback win. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I I honestly didn't. I I couldn't watch that because I was at uh, the IMG game. But from the clips I saw, he made some impressive, pretty dang impressive, like, throws uh, on on the dime over the shoulder. Yeah, Uh, it'll be interesting to see – uh, what he looks like a few weeks from now. I mean, this was the first game with the, these teammates, but um, someone else that probably hasn't played as much varsity football as as you would like. And I think he was in nine games last season. So one of the reasons why he moved from L.A. to Georgia was to get game reps, and those game reps are so valuable. And remember when I had Charles Power on uh, the podcast to kind of talk about his class? I mean, it's it you you can't recreate those live reps or trying to trying to rally to win a game or anything like that so um, that's promising on on the recruiting front we know Miami's still after him Uh, I think I think the Hurricanes are gonna need a big season it's it's like one it sounds like sometimes sometimes people I talk with think like he's flipping and then other days it's oh I think he's sticking with USC so that that will be one I like I think if you're Miami like I would just keep talking with him and then I would have Derek King throw eight touchdowns on Thursday night and send that footage. Like, I think that's kind of what your, uh, what your goal is. And then sticking in Georgia, um, Thomas Davis, Miami's commit. Uh, he played on Saturday, had an interception played, worked at linebacker. Um, so he was good as well. I guess my, my like takeaway coming out of this weekend, it's a weird high school football season. You know, the only, only two Miami commits played, but they're, two of Miami's lower rank commits. And I thought they both had like pretty dang good games. So good evaluations for the staff. I mean, wasn't too long ago when um, many on, on on our message board were trying to drop Malik Curtis and and now, now they want him to get a four star. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I think we, we kind of said like, look, Malik Curtis has value as a special teams return man. Uh, just in that role alone. So the fact that he's also making plays at, re- at receiver, looks like he's developing and progressing in that phase is encouraging, even though Miami is recruiting him at corner. Um, you know, you just, in general, you want guys who make plays. And Thomas Davis, yeah, you and I both said, like, very good player. Um, would probably be higher ranked if he was two or three inches taller, right? Like, that's the only reason. He's a three-star, um, but he's he's a guy that can be an impact player. Fair to well, say? Yeah, I mean, we have him like borderline top 100 in the state, and I was like thinking about it. I'm like, are we too high on him? Like, not not like that. And then it's like, damn, you know, 
you just got to trust the evaluation. Like in yeah, that what he did on that tape was was pretty dang good. So um, yeah, the knock on him, I think, is just like slender slender frame. Yeah, if he was bigger in terms of height, um, I think there'd be more hype around it. But when you see him, you're like, this guy is like, there's there's no, like there's no way. Um, right. So and then you know Dave Feely, I'm sure will get him right in in that uh in that weight room so but more games coming up thad franklin um in shamanan madonna prep they they play this upcoming friday so high school football is here and i think st thomas aquinas the powerhouse in fort lauderdale i think they're practicing on on tuesday morning so we are we're, we're full go let's go football right around the corner yeah in our in our next podcast hopefully we'll have dj on and uh you know we can get more into uab talk and season preview talk in general. I think if you guys visit the website, you already know we, we had a pretty in-depth uh, season preview on the website, but if you've missed it, check it out. It's, it is long. It's, it's like I said, it's in-depth, but I think there's some good stuff in there and, and we touch on all the main topics that you would want to know as a Miami fan going into this season. So right. um, check it out. And, and thank everyone who likes, subscribes, and, and shares the podcast. It, it goes a, a, a yes. far away. And again, if you're interested in that Pick'em Challenge, I'm going to tweet out the link at some point. It will also be on the message board, miami.247sports.com. We might try to you know throw in some more prizes at, at some point, maybe like a free month of access to, to, to Inside sure. You or, or something like that. But we know right now uh, Dime Life – Winner is going to get $250 to spend there. And I'm telling you, DJ Williams told me that there's some other twist he's going to have. So uh, you guys yeah. can find that through the smoke.football.cbssports.com. 10 games a week against the spread. Uh, it should be fun. Let's do it. Take care. Later. Later.